Uh, Alex, you, you know I idolized Rob Zombie as both a fashion icon and person I wish to be when I grow up, right? Yes, I've heard of Mr. Zombie. Go well, on. Have we ever covered how uh, me and Mr. Zombie occasionally have, uh, I didn't, I, as much as I try and crib his style with some frequency, life just kind of occasionally overlaps my life with his life in unexpected ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we have maybe the most surprising of overlaps with uh, one Rob Zombie, or Robert Zombie, as he's known legally, I believe. Yes, Mr. Robert J. Zombie. Go on. Yeah, Mr. Robert J. Zombie. <laughs> if I told you that Rob Zombie owned dogs, would you be surprised? Uh, no, actually. He seems like the kind of a dog, like a dog person. If I told you he had dogs named Godzilla and Dracula, would you be surprised? Uh, no. If I told you they were pugs... That, I feel, would be a little bit off-base. I figured he'd be a wolf-dog hybrid owner. Yeah, I did. I'm not gonna lie, I did too. But one Robert J. Zombie fucking owns two pugs named Dracula and Godzilla and dresses them in tiny skull sweaters. That's fucking great. That's such a Rob Zombie thing, though. It It does work out. Yeah. It really is. I love it. They're the black pugs, so they're a little more on brand, but at the same time, like, me and my wife looked at each other today, and we were like, Rob Zombie's got more dogs than us! This cannot stand! <laughs> Are you getting another pug? Eventually, probably. Oh, okay. We will not lose this one to Rob Zombie. <laughs> well, I mean, if you have to keep up with anybody in society, it's gotta be Robert J. Zombie. Some people have the Kardashians, me and Jen have Rob Zombie. Yeah. What would, would be a, a Kardashian... Ask show for Rob Robert J Zombie. I'm calling him Robert J Zombie from now on. <laughs> the new SWS character, That's Robert his, J yeah. Zombie. Yes, it's just Rob He's, Zombie on his off days. Where it's like, it's like, yeah, I'm not Dragula today. It's like, okay, cool. What do you want to do? I'm gonna hang by the pool with my dogs. Your wolf yeah. dogs? No, my motherfucking pugs. Right. This is this is Godzilla and Dracula. They just scurry along the yard. Big old happy faces going. Episode 186. Woo! Woody woo! Indeed. Yes, uh, the gang is back, minus one this time. Henry wasn't feeling well today, so he He was here even, and, like, time claimed him. Yeah, no, it was definitely like a... a (laughs) It was like, we didn't know, because it sounded okay, and then it was like, you know what, I'm not feeling well, and we're like, health first, so he is off, uh rejuvenating in a white blood cell pool like in the movie Wanted, so he can feel better. Is that what that is? Yeah, that's what the pool's supposed to be. It helps regenerate white blood what? cells, which helps healing. That's not how that works at all, but okay. I know, it's, it's actually a movie oversight, but that's the explanation they used for the movie. <laughs> I, thought it, I thought it was just fancy magical clay, but that's far dumber than what I thought. Yeah, no. Fa- fancy magical clay. I've but yeah, so uh, he, you know, feel better, Henry, when you're listening to this podcast. We're thinking of you. Yes. Um, but for the rest of you, you're stuck with Charlie and I. That is, uh, is that Charlie, aka Mordak, undivided, and of course myself, Alex, aka Mave Online. Woo. <laughs> 
Why do you sound so unenthused when I talk? I don't know. Why do you feel this way about me? I don't know. I think it's just me today. <laughs> it's okay. Are you just trying to brace yourself for the next 2020 joke I make? I, I, I'd forgotten that was even coming, in all honesty. You just reminded me just now. Like, it's... So now the stone wall sandbag defense is coming up? No, it, it's it's still strong. The The line holds, if you will, but... <laughs> Fair enough. But yes, we are we are not a 2020 joke podcast. We are a gaming podcast. But before we get into that, let's let's talk a little bit of what we've been up to. Indeed. Uh, you want to go first, Charlie, or should I? Yeah, I, I haven't been up to much, really. It's I wish I was playing more video games than Death Destiny, but I made the mistake of really trying to go hard on the dawning event that's going on right now, which... I have historically kind of at least passively chosen to kind of ignore the Destiny seasonal stuff because it's often, well, nightmarish and not mm. good. And this is an event that definitely favors the, hey, did you do this event last year? No. Have fun baking 300 po- uh, cookies in this game that like system around baking cookies is kind of fucked. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. Uh, I got my spread that looks like a snowmobile. It's cool enough or whatever. I, I don't care anymore. Oh. I've baked 200 cookies, and I'm kind of like, I have stopped caring. So just get 300 now. No. You can't <laughs> make me. Just no. I I got other stuff to be doing right now. I I, I played some more GTFO, but that game is still really kind of cool. Did I talk about that on the podcast? GTFO? Yeah. No, actually. Oh, I... I I am in the GTFO beta program or was in the beta program. I it's that game feels like pretty finished, but kind of in need of tweaking. So I'm not totally sure what it is at this point. Like I thought it was done ish until a bunch of reviews came out this previous week that were like, yo, GTFO early beta. And I'm like, Oh fuck. That's what this is still. Right. <laughs> that game is cool. That game could really be something for some people. I'm not sure I have the time to dedicate to that game, but I think that game is really cool in concept. Like, if you have a squad of people you play games with, like, almost every night or, like, have a game night with or something, that's definitely a game you should be checking out, potentially. Because mm. I'm not trying to play that game without talking to people. It's... Yeah. For a game that does not have in-game voice chat yet that uses a kind of a Discord linky system, it's pretty ingenious that way like i i hate games that do that but also at the same time on pc the assumption that if you're doing a game that requires voice chat you probably have a discord thing i don't totally hate either like Mm. yeah it's got some weird integration with that like it's fine it's a cool game i how do i explain this one even so i it is Left 4 Dead if Left 4 Dead was kind of a dungeon crawler. Because like the way the game works is you're working through various rooms and taking out these zombie enemies that I'm blanking on the name of right now and they will fuck your day up and their stuff. I, I I will wait for the full release of that game to talk about it more, I think. I've, so far, I'm enjoying it. I I got back into Escape from Tarkov because it's probably the biggest fucking thing all of a sudden. Yeah, I've been seeing that pop up all over the place. I yeah. felt like I wanted to try to jump in there. I, I, yes, I have a hard time recommending Escape from Tarkov, as we will talk about later on in the news, because 
the devs for that game are dumb. Yeah, I heard about that. And it's like, I, we'll talk about fucking now, I guess. I, despite making a really cool game, they are a... I think they're Russian, or like one of the kind of Eastern Bloc countries is the main developer behind that game. And I'm not sure if it's occasionally just cultural differences or translation errors or something, but they will say some real fucking uh, stuff occasionally. The latest of which is it would be impo- it would be almost impossible for us to put female models in this game. And I'm like, I maybe, but also I doubt that. I, I don't know. <laughs> your your game is pretty cool, I guess, but like, man, you keep saying dumb shit. I'm how familiar are you with Escape from Tarkov? Um, not super. Uh, it's PUBG if your gear was like it's got loot shooter aspects added to a PUBG, meaning a successful version of that game is extracting and not killing anyone. Like it's just about runs oh. at that point. Like you, you have like you, your loadout comes in with you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. You gotta defend that loot. And if you get killed, all your loot goes away. Like it's oh, okay. Yeah. And people can loot it off your body and that's theirs. It's it's a neat system. That does sound actually pretty neat. It's been around for a bit too. Yeah. I, I it's one of those ones where I think it's like it was at a trailer a bunch of years ago at E3 that was like this like tense five minute thing of like five people clearing a building really slowly and people were like, What the fuck is this game? And then that game came out and was like, yeah, we're another Battle Royale. And people like, we have PUBG. And it was like, okay, cool. But that game kind of is that is that vibe. Like, it's, it can be a really cool game. Like, if you're playing with friends and you're squatted up and you're doing the tense thing of clearing a building and stuff, it's a really cool game. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's Counter-Strike the MMO, kind of. <laughs> Counter-Strike the MMO? That's what it feels like, because there's the loot system, like, it's, like, you could, in theory, ghost an entire match and not kill or fight anything. You're not having fun, maybe, but, like, I, it's very tactical. Yeah. Hmm. The military nerds probably like that game a lot. I, I the, My next thing I've been up to is not so much a thing I've been up to, more of a public service announcement that goes along with... If you're like me and play tabletop games and find yourself in a situation where you want to take the paint off of a plastic model and know that if you dip that thing in acetone, you will melt the plastic model, bathing it in a a simple green, a fantastic industrial cleaner will remove the, at least in my case, remove the paint off the outside of a 3D printed resin model. So I suspect it will be fine on most plastic models. Hmm. That's all I got for this week. I've been pretty boring. I, it's other stuff. Uh, fuck, I went axe throwing with Henry on Friday. That's something I forgot. Yeah, I was wondering when you were going to bring up the axe throwing. That's all the <laughs> pictures you put up. Yes, I went axe throwing again. Went to LA Axe in North Hollywood. Very cool. I think they use softer wood there. The targets. Oh, really? Like, either I've gotten a lot better at that without practicing at all since last time I went, or something was different. Like, I'm pretty sure they use softer targets, which makes sense. It's easier to hit that and stuff like that. But the amount, this is going to sound like shitty and elitist, but, like, the number of people that, like, walked in and suddenly were doing really well at axe throwing versus the last time I did this seemed disproportionate. Mm. I don't know. It was fun. 
Throwing axes is cool. What have you been up to? Uh, well, let's see. I actually really haven't been up that much other than the fact that I actually played more games than WoW. Oh? What game? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I played a few. I played, um, I, what is it, Dauntless? That is and a game. they've added, they've added a, some, a new weapon, which is really cool. When I started playing, they added the, uh, the guns, which was kind of neat. But, um, they added, like, these punching fist weapons recently, and huh. they're really fun to play with. So, um, the setup they have for it is actually pretty sweet. Combos are cool, and it's pretty, like, a little intuitive setup system for it. So I like it. Um, so I played some Dauntless. I did some Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Uh, mainly because like Mandy was using the computer for a while, she was doing some studying and all that. So I, I kind of pulled away and jumped on and played on the console for a bit. So I, I got to kind of dabble in some of these other games, and uh, I went back and played some more God of War, which I haven't finished in a while. And yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was interesting playing a bunch of these other games for a little bit. So yeah, it was nice. Uh, oh, and uh, some uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z called my buddy. Lives out in Houston. We played a couple rounds, so that was fun too. It was nice to see, like, they hadn't played it since a couple of characters have come out. So seeing like base Vegeta, base Goku, DBS Broly, all that stuff, like, yeah, it was fun. So, um, are you a Broly main now? <laughs> I use Broly just because it's it's stupid and hunky and yeah. just yeah. So ah, the point of Broly, you mean? What if yes. we took a Dragon Ball Z character and just removed any pretension they weren't just a big rip dude? Yeah. <laughs> They'd become but, a fan favorite, and they did. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, um, other than that, I mean, playing WoW, getting ready for the big uh, the patch drops next week. So trying to make sure I get everything ready to go for the patch drop and all that what is so. the timetable for that game at this point like I, it's I, have we entered the road to Shadowlands yet or no uh, we're still in the last patch for the expansion at least we're about to hit the last patch the last major patch of the expansion is what we're hitting right I, now I'm gonna regret asking this I know what is the story of WoW at this point in time like uh, what? What so is we, the story of Azeroth at this point? So we were all fighting each other for a while. Sure. We made new allies along the way. Um, the Zandalari, which is a new standing up troll race that's like more humanoid. Sure. Uh, lions killed their king. The Zandalari joined the horde. The Alliance have the Colterans, which are the the fat humans. The only way to describe them. Sure. Um, so Ashara, please, they're the sailor humans. <laughs> yeah. So don't Ashari, get me wrong. I, no, you're not. You're not at all. Uh, let's see. Actually, I don't remember where we last talked about the Legion expansion. Actually, well, yeah, Legion expansion. We killed, fuck, or we sealed uh, Thargaris. So then we figured, well, we just saved the world, and we, you know, we killed space space Satan. So now we're gonna fight each other again. Because we found out the planet is literally bleeding, and that material is really resourceful. Well, that sword and it's causing a bleed, so... Yeah, and so there's Azerite leaking everywhere, which is made of the essence of Azeroth, if you will. 
So we've been fighting over that stuff for a while. Uh, we went to go find Ashara in the actual sunken, uh, the Eternal Palace and the city she lived in. We actually, she opened it up like the whole. It's pretty cool because she does this whole thing. You know how she's like following one of the most legendary arcane yeah. mages in Warcraft lore. Yeah. So she actually like creates these walls of the ocean, kind of like Moses, if you will, from the story. And uh, is it? Mo- yeah, it's Moses. Yeah. Um, and so we see the city and all that, like underwater, if you will. And so we fought her. And we fought her in a Titan facility, which turns out she was being conned, and we accidentally opened the locks to a prison for an old god, and so now Nazoth is officially escaped his prison. Like, not like Sar- not like Yogg-Saron or Cthune, where it's just a small part of them. No, he literally, it's the full living old god has escaped. So... And for those Next. unclear, the old gods are kind of the Lovecraftian Eldritch Horror gods of Azeroth. Yeah. And so uh, he's escaped, and he turns out he was using Ashara the whole time. Really? Shocker. But he, I will say he was clever because he played on her pride and like, yeah, you're the queen. Here, you're you're in charge of the Naga now. I, it's, it's, it's weird. Like, the franchise's increasing refusal to just let people be evil is something I find irksome. Like, uh, what I liked about Nashara for a long time was like she was okay. This is what happened. Like, it's the it's the blood off situation. Okay, we have these elves, yeah, and they are super addicted to magic. But because they've always been addicted to magic, no one realizes they're addicted to magic. And when you take that magic away, they do fucked up things. Yeah. So, um. It turns, yeah, so it turns out Nazoth is free, and so now um, we are going to face him in a some sort of weird version of Nihilotha, which is supposed to be the uh, the imagining of the Black Empire's capital, huh. if you will. Yeah. So uh, I know what none great. of that sentence means, but cool. Okay, the Black Empire is basically what the old god cities looked like before they gotcha. were taken out by the Titans. Um, so what's really trippy is now you have this thing where, uh, since the Zoth is free and he's not bound by anything, he has unchecked power when it comes to like corrupting visions and things like that. So we're actually going to go and do these assaults that take place in like the Pandaren area and Uldum, which is like a Egypt themed area in the desert. And it's basically, we enter these quote unquote horrific visions, which are, um, visions of what the capital cities would look like if the old gods had all won. Huh. And so you, you see all the mobs in their old god envisioned version of things. So, a lot of, lot of aberrations, things like that. It's actually looking pretty nifty. That's cool. Yeah. And, so and they started we, to set up why you're going to the world of the dead yet? Um, Not yet. Which I'm guessing they'll wrap up at the end of this patch with the raid and everything else. So we're we're still missing the segue between why we're going to the Shadowlands. They did kind of set up the whole thing with Sylvanas already breaking away from the Horde. Sure. So that's done. That was actually done recently. So, uh, but the fact that like she's kind of on her own right now at the moment, she's out of the Horde for the time being. But yes. 
So that's Interesting. Where you are. We don't have we don't have a war chief right now. I think. Gonna be thrall again. Probably not. I don't think he's he's wants to do it. It might, if anything, it might be the Torin leader, but who knows? Huh. Yeah. Never think of the Torin. Yeah, but it's gonna be interesting because either way, any of the people past and present who are dead, we're gonna see them in the Shadowlands. So that's how they they're talking about bringing back Varian for a, an expansion, hmm. even though Varian died fighting the Legion. So, um, but yeah, no, it's it, the the Nihilotha patch coming out soon is actually looking pretty pretty neat. They're fixing a lot of systems as far as Azerite goes. Um, the Essid system is still hot garbage, and I they could fix all of it by making the Essences account unlockable, but nope, they're fucking holding on to that. So that part sucks ass. But um, yeah, overall, it looks like they're slowly starting to kind of bend away from, or they're trying to move away from that whole current system mm. and kind of move on to a newer system. Like for now, you you know what War Forging and Titan Forging is? Um. No, I'm not. I'm not going to front at this point. I've kind of tapped out at this point. Gotcha. So, war forging and titan forging is kind of what happens when if you get a your item that drops, and it just so happens that that particular item rolled a special stat, or mm-hmm. rolled a socket, or rolled a higher item level kind of thing, which is a system that's really hot garbage because it makes like best in slot list completely obsolete. Gotcha. So, um. So they're replacing it now with something called corrupted gear, and Zoth is basically corrupted gear drops in the new content, and so you, your gear has a chance of having a corrupted stat. Where, like for example, um, all stats that you have, or like all your all sources of crit rating are increased by X percentage, and it can go up from like four, eight, and twelve percent additional crit, uh, from what you have kind of thing. Mm. Like, instead of just number, but an actual percentage amount increase on top of what you already have. Uh, which is neat, but the thing is, gear that has corrupted effects suffers from corruption. And so, if you wear too much corrupted gear, your character changes its look, and you also have things that happen to you as you're wearing it. So you have a chance to proc a tentacle that'll slow you down. So if you're raiding and you've got this tentacle that slows you down while you move could cause you to die. Or if you have above like 50 corruption, there is a, uh, an Azoth's eye that spawns. And what it does is it does damage to you while you stand in its radius kind of thing. And this is just for wearing the gear. This is on top of all the other mechanics and shit you have to worry about. So things like that. Oh, there's also one that like, if you get above, I think like 80 corruption or something or 70 or 80 corruption. Yeah. Um, you have a a void version of yourself spawn and it walks towards you slowly and if it touches you it explodes and does a bunch of damage to you so but don't worry cuz they added a legendary cloak that slowly reduces the effect of corruption on your gear while still letting you keep the corruption effects i so. okay maybe this is the <laughs> destiny part of me talking and it is what it is kind of thing but it, it feels like the if I was WoW, I'd be looking at ways to move away from the Horde vs. Alliance, if, if if I was them kind of thing. Like, it's it's really played out in a weird way. It, 
the, the ongoing cycle of we keep having new fucking war chiefs. <sighs> I I get, but it's I, I don't know. Maybe it's more interesting from the inside, from the outside looking in. It's like just bring back Thrall or whatever. Like it's like oh, we made Sylvanas the war chief. That's a choice that no one would have been down for. Well, it's funny you talk about that because that actually gets addressed in a quest line during uh, Battle for Azeroth oh. is who told Vol'jin to select Sylvanas and they're thinking it's some unnatural forces at play, specifically the Jailer, who looks like it's the main bad guy for the Shadowlands expansion. Sure, and if, if I, as someone who's like, and I'm, I'm not alone in this, I'm not going to act like this is my fault perspective or anything as someone who thinks of world of warcraft is just warcraft 4 in the context of lore and stuff like that mm-hmm. and thinks that that lore for that franchise gets worse and worse every time you try building off stuff that wasn't set up in the warcraft 3 kind of in the warcraft 3 universe if you will I, yeah no one who played world of warcraft 3 is sitting there going like you should ever put sylvanas in any form of power like mm. it just it, it's it's a great way to get everyone killed kind of thing. Like her arc in Warcraft Three is this dark power grab. That's like these are the actions of an unhinged individual. This is also how you justify having like two like two different undead campaigns essentially. But yeah, no, this like this is a character you never like. You wouldn't trust this character with a puppy, let alone an army kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, what the fuck was I going with this? I, I don't know. Like it, it's one of those ones where, sorry, yeah, I was going. Like it's like, what if you move into the angle of it's not horde versus alliance? So you you finally get you finally end the kind of whole thing of like, are we rolling horde? Are we rolling alliance? And you go to kind of like corrupted versus not corrupted. Like that's a far more definable line. Like if you set up. It being a conflict between, like, not necessarily good versus evil, but be kind, but, but between people that are like, yo, we're willing to embrace this new power, not necessarily knowing what that new power gets us, versus we're afraid of this new power because it seems to be kind of dangerous. I think that makes it for a more interesting game at this point, unless you kind of finally have friend bases that are divided by faction, at least maybe play together again. Like, I. Destiny right now has the backstory of the Vanguard versus Ga- uh, versus the Dredgen, essentially, which is mm. exemplified in this weird way in the uh, in the season of the Drifter, or season of the Joker, Gambler, where you had the um, Vanguard investigation versus working for the Drifter kind of thing. And the whole idea of the Drifter, that's why he's my favorite character in the game, kind of sets up this idea that when we talk about the destiny whole light system, it's in kind of absolutes of black and white. And there are characters in kind of destiny lore that have softened as time has gone on or have realized that their kind of black and white attitude for certain things wasn't serving anyone. And that like calling something, the darkness is a hell of a lore tool kind of thing, but it's a lazy lore tool. And like maybe mm. the darkness isn't actually as dangerous as we keep getting told the darkness is, and there are ways to safely use it. Like it's dangerous, sure, but like if you're not a fucking idiot, you can use it effectively. I it, it feels like if there is a Destiny three or when Destiny three rolls around, they're gonna play around with that. Like they've been like, 
maybe not quite teasing, but like there have been hints at a fourth subclass is going to essentially be like the darkness or something, which would be a totally like would be a major change up for that game. But hmm, you've always kind of had the factions in the game. If you've had Dead Orbit that's sitting there going, we need to go colonize space. It's time to ditch Earth and like go and start over kind of thing. And well, that attitude's kind of slightly gone because the three factions are gone. You have the character of the Drifter that's like, yeah, no, I got brought back and then fucking hightailed it out of the soul system and only recently came back. And there's a whole fucking universe out there you could be exploring right now, but you're not because you have to save Earth. And make no mistake, it's fucked up out there and brutal and terrifying and all types of messed up. But there is more to this whole story than just what you're seeing here on Earth. Yeah, you you have a whole quest where like it basically kind of boils down to the Drifter saying, "If I were you, I would trade in my little jump ship and buy a long distance space hauler and get the fuck off Earth." Mm. And he's got other stuff going on. Like it's it's not as white or black as I'm presenting it right now, but I, I think it's. A couple of MMOs in the past have played around with kind of the ideas of factions, like where it's the you're all playing together and you can group up accordingly, but you're kind of aligned with a group within the greater whole that has ideas and stuff. And like there is competition based around that. That's how you have your PvP and all that jazz. And I've always liked that more where it's like, yeah, it's like you're working for an organization, you're working with an organization that kind of you're more philosophically aligned with as opposed to you roll the orc. You don't like humans. But why? Because we told you to. Aren't there a bunch of orcs going along with humans? Yeah, but you're not playing as one of those. Mm. Like, honestly, and this is a weird one for me to say because I was rolled horde. Like, if they used, I guess, the end of Battle for Azeroth as a way to do away with the Horde versus Alliance stuff, that would be a weird first step in getting me interested in playing that franchise again. Just cause like the, the like, and they're not going to because for the horde is so baked into people's brains and shit like that. But like the player base isn't growing anymore. It's shrinking. Like it's not doing as well as it used to. And the fact that you still after what, like 10, 15 years later might have friends that because they don't want to play one of the quote, ugly races, you don't get to play with. And that sucks. I don't know. That's my long to gentle rant or topic. Yeah. I may, uh, I may for the sake of uh, doing a, like, what do you call it? A roundup before the expansion hits. I may do like a summary of the patch of the yeah. story and you can just decide how you feel about it after I sure. mention all that. But oh yeah. no, I'm, the fact that WoW sits around, like when me and Henry were out throwing axes, we were talking about MMOs, and like the fact that WoW is still the biggest, if not like one of the biggest, definitely, but still like definitely in the US, it's the biggest one, but still globally, it's a thing. And it's probably like it's again, not the oldest, but one of the oldest. It's yeah. fucking impressive. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Unlike the Matrix Online, which is dead and buried and no one cares about it except for weirdos. Ooh, shut your mouth. Oh, that's the other thing I forgot. Yeah, I, I, I did an MXO him. podcast. Yeah. yeah, I did a Matrix podcast with a old Matrix cohort. It's basically uh, a chunk of time of, of Alex and someone else sitting there going like, you know, 
Matrix Online is as bad as Shirley keeps saying it is. We actually do talk about there are a lot of faults and all that stuff. It's a, it's a pretty good episode. We we discuss all the nice things about it, but you know, it we there it is set in reality where there's like there are there are a lot of glaring issues with that game. Well, it's it's from kind of a cool era of MMOs when people still took chances. Like, yeah, you still were. Like, it's once once where it was the the view was the WoWcraft formula wasn't perfect because it was the biggest, but hadn't been the biggest for that long in some ways. And everyone's looking for a way to be the next WoW, and nothing will be WoW ever again. I don't think in my mind, but at the time MXO happened, you still had people that like, if we just get make the game cool enough in one way or another, we can beat WoW, motherfuckers. Yeah, well, I mean, it came out around the era. Well, is it around the era? I feel like it was around the era of when like WoW really caught steam. So the motivation for a lot of MMOs was that whole. How can we beat WoW? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it was that whole time yeah. period of we can beat WoW if we just do the right thing. So you had lots of people taking risks and doing different stuff. And now it's all kind of, yeah, they're all kind of WoW. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm aware of that. I understand. It is what it is. <sighs> but damn, if it wasn't a great fucking game to play. Hmm? I said, but damn, if it wasn't a great fucking game to play. But anyway, I think we're going way off uh, tangent here. We are a gaming news podcast, after all. Yeah, things that are dead and buried aren't really news anymore. You, you know what? I'm not feeling well all of a sudden. <laughs> well, yeah, you play uh, Matrix Online. It's a taint that stays with you. Uh, I hate you. Yeah, you do. <laughs> but yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Last thing. Moving. Hired movers, because fuck that. Your uh, movers have a cool name to them, or are they just generic movers? Generic movers, as far as I know. So, I, we have. But apparently, they're like one of those Google back companies where if you're not happy with the move, Google will refund you the cost of the move. Weird. So, uh, but they've got really good ratings and reviews and all that jazz, but everything's pretty much squared away. The only thing I need to figure out is internet for that, because I want to get this company's internet installed, but they don't show up on Saturdays to do installations, which is a pain in the ass. Um, don't you have Fridays so, off? No, we get the, well, we get the keys on Friday at like five is the plan. I, I have bad news for you, Alex. Uh huh. You might be internetless for a week. Probably. Or you just stay, I, or you stay home from work on Monday. I'm going to stay home from work on Monday. Then you'll have internet. Yeah, so I probably won't be available for a few, uh, well, for that weekend. Yeah, we'll but yeah. figure something out. Yep. <laughs> anyway, should we jump into the news? Yeah, fuck it, news. Well, the news is back with a vengeance. Um, I know to start this week, because we had CES, something that we kind of every year talk about in passing, but... Like, this year, it kind of actually fucking mattered to the gaming space in a more meaningful way. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's start with my favorite dumbness of the week. Did you see the new Origin PC, the uh, the big O? The big O? Yeah, they're releasing, no, uh, the Origin PC is releasing a, a, a tower that has either an Xbox One or a PS4 built into the base. Oh, yes, I saw that. Now it looks familiar, it's yes. It's dumb. It's fun. It's going to be obsolete in about a year because the new consoles are coming. 
<laughs> Can you swap it out for no, another it is, one, though? I, I, I don't know. But looking at it, I do not think it's possible to swap that fucker out once it's in there. I, I, I Again, I'm making some kind of generalizations right now, but I, at least so the Xbox version they're showing off has, like, an Xbox-shaped mass on the right of the console. I'm pretty sure that's it, but that's also not the shape of an Xbox One. Mm. Like, there's a dark world of people ripping apart Xbox consoles and PS4 consoles and reassembling them in weird ways. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, the, the video they're showing, it's got, like, the Xbox in... Like, the, I don't fucking know. I'm not going to have to speculate on this one. It's called, like, this is the Xbox side. Yeah, it's the panel section. I'm thinking it is. But it's kind of funny because it's got this look of like someone's duct taping an extra box under the side of a tower. <laughs> and then you've also got my dumbass being like, well, I could play Destiny on a PC on a PS4 looking at my desk in the garage. All right, I have a PS4 on a desk next to a PC. I basically have an origin PC then. Cool. It's dumb. Yeah, it's a little... I'd rather keep them separate. I... <laughs> Yeah. I will say that I do kind of like the fact that even though you, like, since you have both of them, they're actually giving you the option to capture from that other console. Yeah, it's, it's neat. So, yeah, they, they include the uh, HD60 Pro yeah. built in, which is pretty cool. So, well, kind of in the same vein of weird computer hardware, uh, Razer got out there and unveiled the Razer Tomahawk, which. I think's real cool, but I also think um, Nux or NUCs, however the fuck you pronounce them, are real cool. And spending two thousand some odd dollars for one, it defeats the point of one in my mind. But at the same time, it's a neat concept. Do you follow this kind of world of computing at all, Alex? Uh, this kind of computing, the mini Not. computers. Uh, I've got a distaste for mini computers, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, for those that kind of recruit the fuck I'm talking about, uh, a while back, Intel started something called the NUC line or the NUC line, which I think stands for, like, Next Unit of Computing or something, and mm -hmm. I was I, I was taught growing up they're called lunchbox computers, but that's obviously not the actual name for them. They're mini PCs, and Razer is trying to make a gaming one that's essentially, like, it's about, we'll call it, like, what, 2.5 times the size of a high-end graphics card, give or take? It's kind of based on the yeah. visuals of it. I, a little bit because yeah. it looks like it. Yeah, it's about maybe the size of two. Yeah, no, that's actually pretty accurate. Yeah, like it, yeah we'll go with that one. It, it basically, it's the they're slimming down kind of all the parts of it. Like in some ways, the biggest parts of a computer often are the motherboard and like your CPU fan or something like that. So there are ways of making those aspects small and compact and nice and easy to deal with. So you wind up with a case that's kind of the size of we'll call it an exit sign, kind of not depth, but like length and width. So you can put it mm -hmm. anywhere. I, the NUCs have existed for a long time as like mini media centers, or if you wanted to have like a small computer hooked up to your TV, like 200 bucks, you can get one pretty easily. That's fine. Typically they're not like the difference is this one's powerful. The NUCs aren't great. They're kind of a hobbyist or in my case, I want something the size of a dictionary I can put on a table next to a TV and have it run like 
my apps for me. It's not supposed to use TV apps. But this one's neat. Uh, it's It brings down the price of an upgradable gaming PC into a realm I think more people are comfortable with it. And it, it's, it looks like a speaker almost just because of the two uh, fans for the graphics card. But it's got, it, it has a 280 Ti in it. Or it can have a, t- yeah, a t- that- 280 Ti in it. Mm-hmm. And it can be upgraded still. Like you can swap a big chunk of the parts. Like you can swap RAM. You can't swap your motherboard and you can't swap your processors. That's kind of the the nucky part of it, if you will. The mini PC part. It's a lot of very compact parts. But arguably, if you're looking just the game on this thing, that might be all you need. Yeah. Or like a stream box. Yeah. Would be another good kind of setup for yeah, it. But this is kind of the next generation of a stream box. Like, fuck. This thing comes with a handle built onto it. Like if you're looking for a aggressively portable miniature PC, this is probably the most powerful option you'll get out there. Yeah, like a little land box, if yeah. you will. Yeah, see, I would, I would, if it has a handle and all that stuff, you can take it with you. I would consider it a land box yeah. more than anything else. Because I know there was like a wave of PCs people would build that were just land boxes that were they would take the land parties because yeah. they don't want to take no, their OG that's, rigs. That's where I got into the mini PC world <laughs> where it's like, okay, what is like? Does it need to have a hard drive? No, it needs a tiny hard drive, or you can run off an external hard drive or something. Cool. Yeah, I, yeah. That's why I call them lunchbox PCs because my friends used to build them into like large lunchboxes. Hence the dumb name. Yeah, but. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I've 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 always never really considered getting a land box anymore. They're neat. Don't get me wrong, but as I don't land party anywhere as much as before. As someone who very frequently hooks my laptop up to my TV to watch stuff, I'm always looking at maybe not this specifically, but like the Intel Nux as just like a hey for a hundred bucks, I don't have to keep unplugging my laptop kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, I, I love the idea of these always like the idea. It goes back to my dumb, like, I currently have a drawer full of Xbox consoles because I cleaned up my garage a bunch and I had to put them somewhere. Like, I love the idea of, like, hang on, let me go get my gaming PC off the shelf and just, like, grabbing it by the handle and pulling it out from, like, a slot. Like, it's it's got a very kind of weird futurist vibe to it that I've always thought is fun, but not necessarily practical. Like, I, I love dumb bullshit like that where it's like, oh, I'm not using my gaming PC back on the shelf in your special spot. But that's not how the world works, and yeah, I, I think the price of this is like two thousand something. It's a little steep in my book for what you're getting out of it, but at the same time, if you're looking to get into gaming PC stuff and you're not looking to like spend a shit ton of time looking into how to custom build them, but still want that upgradability over time, this ain't a bad path. It's. I'm not sure I feel about Razer being the ones doing it because they tried to get like bank status this previous week, but that's a separate mm. topic. Mm. Yeah. Last but not least, on our Alienware, oh, no, not Alienware, our CES roundup, uh, Alienware is totally not making a switch. Yeah, no, totally not. <laughs> uh, for those not looking at the exact webpage I'm looking at right now, uh, they showed off something called the Concept UFO, a portable gaming PC with a detachable controller it is essentially like the middle of a switch with two joysticks on the side and it's got joy cons that aren't joy cons it's got a switch that's not a switch i it's it is a gaming pc so it's more powerful and all that just it looks 
fucking massive anyone holds it either, but that's a separate topic. Yeah, I was hearing that it might be um, like a, a an evolution of the Razer Edge Pro. It does look like that. That would make a lot of sense. So, could be that that's what it is, but man, does it look like a little fucking Switch. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's intentional. De- yeah, I think the fact that you can detach it from uh, from the size, it looks like you can detach the controllers and then put them together with like another, con- like make them one controller yeah. is real fucking. Well, the Switch mm, can kind of do that too. Well, yeah, you take off the two side, whatever, what do they call those Joy-Cons. fucking things? The Joy-Cons and connect them together to make one controller. You have to have that center thing. I think these just attach without any center piece, which. No, there's a center oh, piece yeah, in the it's picture the exact that looks fucking like. same thing. Yep. So. <laughs> yep. But all these are just copies of the fucking Game Gear from back in the day. Sure. I'll go with that. Uh, you could beat a baby to death with this really easy by accident. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. This is a new Game Gear. Yeah. Uh, that's a shout out for uh, for Henry there. For Sega. Throwing in Sega. Yep. I guess while we're doing Henry <laughs> shout outs, uh, Game's Done Quick happened <laughs> this previous week, and I didn't watch a ton of it, but I did go back and watch, I think, a fantastic moment from it. Um <sighs> Mm-hmm. So someone faked a blue screen of death mid Bioshock speedrun. What? Yeah, I did not know that they they were doing a Bioshock speedrun, and then like midway through, uh, after I guess the glitch you used to get past the end Ryan thing, which can shave down your number by like eight minutes or something ridiculous. Uh-huh. Uh, it's he pretended to have his computer crash, and then like put on a whole show of it, fa- of like freaking out and stuff and like didn't tell anyone this shit was happening so everyone was like what the fuck and then like loaded into a Skyrim screen and then like went back to a speed run but like oh. I respect that level of trolling <laughs> that's fucking great <laughs> yeah literally in my show notes this one's for Henry I assumed he actually would know more about this but sadly he's not here uh, it's yeah it goes back in like the loading the auto load or auto save thing from Skyrim a screen that anyone who's played Skyrim is oddly familiar with. That's a great fucking prank, though. Yep. The entire thing takes all of, like, a couple seconds to it. it I know what I say, it sounds like it's a much more drawn-out thing. Uh, it's it's not. like it. It's a great troll moment. That's fucking great. It only, does, it only takes a few seconds, so it's actually pretty... Yeah, I- Okay, that's fucking cool. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I'm not saying I want this promised at more games done quick, but like if this was more of a thing, I would definitely watch more of games done quick. Also, games done quick raised almost like it was like $2.5 million for this event for their things. So for Doctors Without Borders. So yeah, fuck it. Awesome. What next? Uh, let's talk about Nintendo. Uh-huh. Uh, so there was a Nintendo Direct this past week. Uh Uh, The Smash community is outraged that it was focused on, well, Pokemon. You know, that recent game Nintendo put out and is supporting. Didn't Uh, they also just flat out say this is the last Smash Direct a while ago that they said they're going to be doing for a long time? I think so, but I don't know anymore. (laughs) We'll get to the Smash community probably in a minute or two. We'll get to the actual article that like, oh, fuck, we'll talk about it now. Like, I... If you've ever wondered why I'm kind of hard on the Smash community outside of all of the very specific personal um, examples I've given throughout this podcast of why I'm kind of like, 
Eh, the Smash community bugs me. Fucking Nintendo got out there this week and straight up said, we don't fully endorse like Smash competitive the way people want us to because we're really worried about alienating people that play this casually. Mm. Like we won't put money into this for tournaments and stuff like as much as you all want us to be, but because we're really concerned about alienating, like not just like the casual smash fans, but like casual Nintendo fans. Yes. I'm going to read between the lines. Some, and this is probably me editorializing some, Y'all are fucking monsters. <laughs> Jokes aside, like I maybe it's been my long-term assumption on this one that kind of it's like maybe I came to just like based on my general disdain for Smash, but like any large corporation getting behind a fight at tournaments, a tournament scene, especially the fighting game ones, because those are fucking all over the place. Has got to be real afraid, especially a family-friendly one like Nintendo. Again, it's not me making shit up. Like the Smash community is perpetually doing dumb shit that makes you really wonder. Yeah, kind of got to agree with you on that one. I, if you can prove me I'm wrong on this one. I will happily kind of admit, like, it's like, no, I, if you can find irrefutable proof that, like, all the shit I've said about Smash over the years, specifically their FGC communities, is, like, me being hyperbolic and petty, I will totally admit to that, but you can't, because everything I bring up is real. <laughs> and happened, and it's like, yeah. I'm not saying you're wrong, Trev. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I... I when it comes to this topic, I am that fucking uh, big Lebowski meme of you're not wrong, you're just an asshole. And I fully admit to that on this one. <laughs> <sighs> but back to the actual uh, direct Smash community's mad about. It was all about Pokemon. As part of this, we got Pokemon Dungeon Mystery Rescue Team DX. Uh, I think Pokemon Mystery Dungeon was a previous game that I'd never heard of prior to this big thing happening that people seemed real stoked about getting that re-released. But the big news is we are getting kind of continued DLC support for the new Pokemon game. We're not getting a new kind of like uh, Sword and Shield Ultra. We're getting Sword and Shield Expansion Pass. Uh, in a bold move that does not surprise me, given that there's two Pokemon games out this round, there are two different expansion passes. If you buy the Sword one, you don't also get the Shield one, and they're not fucking cheap. Mm. They're clocking in at like um what's the pricing for these? Yeah, so each expansion pass is thirty bucks, or if you want to buy the game plus the expansion pass, you're looking at eighty nine ninety ninety eight. So ninety bucks for the game plus the pass. But that means if you buy both because you bought that two in one bundle, looking at sixty bucks for DLC. Wow, that's yeah, fuck. Well, it gets you access to two new areas, the Isle of Armor and the Isle of uh, the Crown of Tundra. And the stuff looks cool. They showed off a bunch of like new customization stuff for your character. I don't know if I'll pick this one up or not. You got new rivals coming. They are some hard-ass looking weeb people, which I think is a cool turn for this. They are adding in just a shit ton of Pokemon, though. And that's maybe where people are justifiably upset. Because the idea of paying for those Pokemon to be back in the game, yeah, you're, that, that's what's happening. 
Yeah. No, that's. I don't think that's some like new Pokemon. Isn't that kind of the, like one of the least part of their concerns with the? Pokemon? No, no. You're, they're adding in the old Pokemon that oh. were cut from the game. Oh, okay. Via this. Oh, okay. Which they could have probably added in the first place. I. I don't know. I've. You're getting Gigantamax forms or the Mega, whatever you want to call them, for the starters. The coolest of which turns the uh, tadpole thing into a sniper with a gun and a tower. What the which fuck? Which is nuts. Yeah, they're they're fucking making Pokemon gun. <laughs> Pokemon gun. Sh- you sword, hear about these shield, jokes? And gun. No, I haven't. Yeah, it was like Pokemon <laughs> Sword, Pokemon Shield, and Pokemon Gun. It was just the two games unified into one thing. <laughs> yeah, they made fucking Pokemon Gun. It looks cool. I, I as someone who kind of tapped out of the Pokemon game, I'm kind of looking at this going like, eh, maybe I'll go back for this. Actually, like it doesn't seem to totally suck. It's kind of up my alley enough that I'd be down potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the guys in my Destiny clan is like actively upset, whereas he's like, I have to buy both expansion passes. And I'm sitting there going, you don't, but I get it. You do. You could just pick one game to focus on and you can go for there. No, I need to get both expansion passes. Nah, I get it. Do though. You have to get them. Yeah. That's enough about Pokemon, though. <laughs> Is that have you had your fill of Pokemon for a while? I it's, I wanted Sword and Shield to be better. Like I had fun with Sword and Shield, but like I, even I like I was positive on that game. But I'm still like I didn't bother finishing it all the way, and I'm fine with that. And maybe I'll go back now. But I agree with the Pokemon community. I wanted that game to be better for them. Like maybe we don't deserve a better Pokemon at this time. But, like, a better one would have been real cool. But also, like, I would just settle for Pokemon, for Pokemon Fighting Tournament 2 at this point. Like, that fighting game is the most I've enjoyed that franchise in a long-ass time. Because it was closer to what I want the fights for that game to be. Mm -hmm. You know, Pika Libre is fucking badass and awesome for a reason. (laughs) And ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. Uh, speaking of adorable things in wrestling masks, Platinum Games has uh, gone into business with Tencent. Alex, cue the uh, gamer moment for that statement. Epic. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Epic bad steam good. Is that the one? Nope. I, I, I said Platinum has gone into business with Tencent. Platinum bad. America good? What, where are we going here with this one? I don't know. I, yeah, that's about kind of the gist of this, unfortunately. Uh, so, as would make sense for a company like Tencent, they've chosen to take money from a large corporation want to give them money, a la Tencent. Um, Platinum Games, maker of some of my favorite games, and the, uh, the, the true gamers, I think, also care the most about Platinum in some ways, unlike y'all fucking casuals out there. <laughs> you didn't appreciate Bayonetta when you could have. It's all I'm saying. I have, yeah, they've received investment. Um, we'll see if it pans out for them. It's cool that Platinum's getting a little more financial security because they can do hopefully the weird Platinum stuff I love them for. So <laughs> the weird Platinum stuff I love them for. I, Bayonetta. I, I, it's always oh, it's, it's really cool. Nintendo let Bayonetta two happen. But also, like, based on 
Bayonetta, it shouldn't have happened. Like, it kills me to say that. But the fact we're getting a Bayonetta 3 is beyond my wildest dreams. Mm. For the, like, at the time of playing the original Bayonetta, it's like, I love this game, but yeah, no, this is not going to do well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the, the general concern on this one is that because of the partnership with Platinum, it will influence how Platinum does game, or sorry, the, the interaction with Tencent. It'll influence how Platinum does its games, but yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting yeah. to see. Is this, uh, does the <sighs> Platinum is, is separate from Nintendo? I know yeah, they're it's no its own for... thing. Okay. I think it's Nintendo owns Bayonetta at this point in a weird twist of things. Like, I, it's been officially stated that the, the core management will remain the same for Platinum and stuff like that. Okay. Okay. Well, that's for the time being. We'll see. <laughs> I hate to say it, but yeah, when there's money involved, yeah, we'll see. Wink. Yeah. Yeah. Quote uh, President um, Kenichi Sato's official stance, uh, official kind of comment Our company's independence will not be changed. Okay, cool. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Bayonetta 3 with uh, pro China leanings now. Yeah, right. What are you talking Bayonetta no- 3 is secretly <laughs> spying on you from your computer. There's no war, bossing say. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, let's let's do something that was completely fucking obvious that I'm surprised people didn't seem to fucking see coming, and that sure. is <laughs> Sony released their PlayStation Five logo. Yeah, I I love the outrage around this one because it's the most what the fuck are you mad about? In my opinion, what were you expecting? I, like I. <laughs> to, to summarize what happened, PlayStation has gotten out there and revealed the uh, PlayStation 5 logo. It looks a hell of a lot like the PS4 logo with a 5 at the end. Not 45, they just swapped the 4 for a 5. It, it kind of looks like the P in PlayStation 4, I guess. Like this, but there was a fun uh, gif out there of someone like changing the P into a 5. It's like, that's how they did it. And I'm like, that's actually kind of cool if that's intentional. <laughs> it's it's like you know what this feels like you ever watch Arrested Development yes do you remember when the main character sees a brown bag in the fridge and it says dead doves and yeah. he opens it and there are dead doves inside and he just looks like I don't know what I was expecting this is what this logo feels like I don't know what you guys were expecting to see when Sony talked about they're releasing the logo at CES okay so if you go back and look at the PlayStation logos, there is more variation from iteration to iteration. I I also do not get the outrage on this one, but... I'm just saying, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Nike has had the same Swish logo for fucking ages. No one complains about a fucking logo. Actually, yet. no, they haven't. Their, their core has always been the Swish, though. You don't understand, if you were a hardcore Nike fan, you'd understand that every couple of years they um, change slightly differently how the, uh, the swoosh is drawn. Uh, I could give a this fuck This year's is less. more of a kind of <laughs> upbeat swipe. Last year's was kind of a melancholy swooshing shape. Oh, well, when you put it like that. Uh, I'm making this up. You understand that, right? Oh, I know. It's fucking stupid that people are like, I don't know what people were expecting, really, like. Yeah, I don't either. Their 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 convention for naming their consoles has literally been PS1, PS2, PS3, PS4, and now PS5. 
I can understand well, if they were going like Xbox, Xbox 360, Xbox X, Xbox. Well, and, and to make it funnier, it's the same type font since PS3. Yeah. Come on. I, I'm sorry this isn't the PlayStation 5. It'll fuck your mom or something. I, it's just not in Sony's brand to do that kind of thing. If if SWS was designing a console, we'd only release ones that were like the um, the Wicked Awesome Station 6. Four one two. It'll be the first one we put out because fuck you. That's why. Yeah. You have strong feelings about this one, Alex. You have to express I, in long-winded rants on the internet. I could give a fuck less about the logo. Are you sure? Because the internet really wants me to think this is a big deal and a thing I should be outraged over. I could give a fuck. I you know I couldn't give less of a fuck now. As you continued, I'm literally at max capacity. Of fucks given? Of fucks given. Okay. Try again next week. Yeah, I don't know what people were expecting. This was fucking dumb. Yeah. But, hey, you know, sometimes the internet does great things. Sometimes we get mad about it. <laughs> we get mad about a logo for a fucking console. This is what we yeah. do. Uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit during my week because Escape from Tarkov, but uh, Escape from Tarkov, uh, survival horror-esque sort of game. I've, it's a Battle Royale-style game, too. I've, it's, it's fucking Escape from Tarkov. is like, what, one of the top five games on Twitch all of a sudden? Mm-hmm. And the devs took a chance of a uh, sudden uptick in their popularity of their game to just fucking shoot themselves in the foot again. Yeah. It's, so, um, yeah, I, I saw the one about the they can't make female characters. Didn't we talk about that last week? Uh, we talked about this week. That that happened this week. We talked about it in my news and my, what happened previously. Oh, okay. I could have sworn we it came up last week, but I don't think so. Huh. Okay, yeah, yeah. So apparently, adding female characters is difficult. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't know whether it's a thing, but sure. Yeah. The game's still in open beta, which I. I thought it was out by now, but apparently I'm wrong. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's yeah. just fucking dumb. But okay, <laughs> I, it's a cool game with some problems. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If they didn't want to add them, that's fine. Don't add them. But the the reason just seems really fucking dumb. Yes. But then again, I'm not a game developer, so I don't know. Maybe they. <laughs> Maybe they want to go the extreme angle of dead or alive physics, and they don't have the team to capture that level of physics or They've something. They've already like that. spent millions on dick on dick dangling physics, and they can't change that over yeah, to breath physics. Pretty much, it doesn't work this right, is, Charlie. This is a game for men. It doesn't work that way, man. Dick physics. If we can, breast physics are totally different. If we can't simulate the murder boner you get from playing our game in game, we're interested you playing this game. Got it. I'm starting a new band. We're calling it Dick, Dick Physics. We're going on tour. <gasps> it's gonna be the fucking type podcast title, isn't it? It's probably gonna be the name of the podcast. Dick Physics is the name Fuck. of the podcast title. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> oh man. But yeah. Okay. Well, it's your game. I guess that just seems dumb. But have fun being the big battle royale. Yeah. Have fun being the big battle battle royale. Battle royale, really, Charlie? On Twitch right now. 
I can't fucking talk all of a sudden. Great. Yeah. Um, where to go from here? Uh, let's talk about Steam for a sec, actually. Oh, Steam good, Epic bad. Yeah. What if we told you maybe Steam's not as good as it used to be? Mm, I don't know about that. You what 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 is plead your case? <sighs> All right. So since its launch, essentially, Steam has enjoyed a pretty kind of steady climb every year on the number of kind of Steam releases that happen, like the new games mm-hmm. coming out on Steam. Not new games with like a capital N new as in new to everything, but like new stuff coming to the platform. And we're not saying no new games came out this year, but this is the first time it kind of maintained the same numbers from last year, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like a shit ton of games coming out is still a good thing, but from a business standpoint, kind of a health of the industry standpoint, you want to see perpetual growth or at least kind of the indications of perpetual growth. And that did not happen this year. Yeah. Interesting. Well, maybe it has to do with the fact that somebody is locking down these exclusives for at least a year. So a good chunk of those sales are locked down with exclusives and other sure. avenues, if you will. Sure. Or the fact that it's actual competition. Yeah. I would say it'd be competition if they weren't trying to monopolize certain game releases. That that's doesn't really comp- count. No. It doesn't. No, it's that's how competition works. Yes. No. Yes. Well, I mean, you could say your numbers steadily increase if you own a monopoly on ISPs. Doesn't mean you're doing good things for your for your company. You're literally pigeonholing everyone else because you're the only option in town. Yes, and that's what Steam had going on for a long time. Yeah, but Steam never blocked other people from doing it, though. We don't know that, actually. We just know that for a long time, Steam was the only place with some very specific exceptions to get PC games, really. I don't know. I you always like hell, like just like for example, Division, you could always buy it from their store or on Steam. It was never an option of like you have to buy it on Steam. Yeah, but based on just kind of general what's the right word? Like the public user base of it, you kind of had to still. Like it, not necessarily you, you had the option. When you do things the way Epic has done it with exclusivity, you take away that option. But that's, you didn't have an thing. option. Like it, your option was the you you still have to use the Uplay system, like even if you buy it through Steam or Epic, meaning it's like that that's your game interface. Like you had one place to buy it, you technically had two, but But this is going into a debate we've had for a long time now. Yes. But yes, it definitely looks like what Epic is doing in terms of locking down that exclusivity is having an effect on the market, especially when well, you take away these that. big like it, names. It, it could be an indication of it. It could also just mean that less new stuff is coming out. Like, I've, let's throw some numbers around. Like, so let's rewind back to, let's start 2017, where uh, 6,322 new games uh, came out. Kind of like, this is not a, a judgment on good or whatever. Like, this is just pure numbers. Since that in 2018, you had 8,195. That's almost a 2,000 game jump. That's pretty good. And then from 2018 to 2019, you had only 8,400, which, again, like it's not like it's not growing, but that's not a lot. 
and it's the first time it's done it, which it, I think more speaks to stuff slowing down industry wide necessarily than kind of like anything on that one. But also, it's one of those ones where you kind of find yourself in the conversation of, okay, that's a shit ton of new games. How many of those games are actually worth playing? And does stuff like losing Borderlands to Epic make a really big deal, actually, potentially? Like, you can sell a thousand five dollar porn games, but you're still only adding up to the same numbers of Epic uh, successfully selling Borderlands 3 th- uh, through. Is that a bigger deal that we give it credit for? Mm, I don't know. Interesting. All yeah. I know is you're killing my narrative of Epic Bad Steam Good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, who knows? We'll see. This is only the first year that I think hey, Epic- Steam is great if you want weird, creepy sex games. Yeah. I'm glad I have that freedom. I can play my waifu games, okay? Tell you what, you can have your waifu games. I'll take my somewhat curated storefront that doesn't every time I go to the recommended section go, Gio, you want to play some of the underage girl on the cover? No, I don't game. Are you sure? Because she's in a thousand year old goddess, so it's not creepy. No, game! <laughs> Are you sure? Yes! How about the sequel? <laughs> no! <laughs> I fucking hate recommendations through Steam. I, I'm afraid to open Steam emails at work where it'll be like, Okay, fine, fine, fine. No. I'd like to point out, I don't get any of this creepy fucking Steam recommendations. It's probably based off the algorithm it's built, based off who you are as a Steam user. So, oh, no, it, that's it's on Black you. Desert Online. It's Black Desert Online's fault. No, that's and on you, Charlie. You're... No, it's Black Desert Online's <laughs> fault. And uh, a couple of the... Uh, I know exactly which games it was that got me into this situation because uh-huh. I downloaded them and it's like, hey, they're popping up now. And they are not those types of games. They look like those types of games. Sure, Charlie. Whatever you need to justify for yourself <laughs> that your creepy ass waifu game archiver isn't coming up. Whatever yeah. you need to do, sir. I blame me. you, Valhalla. <laughs> no judgments from here. It means a lack of data, too, for me. It's like, please. Everyone likes this. Maybe you will. No. <laughs> you played that Black Desert online. I did. You are correct. <laughs> I am that demographic in theory. Um, let's do a quick one. Uh, Microsoft has gotten out there and officially said that there will be a time period where a lot of uh, where Xbox Series X games, the um, Xbox Sex, people keep insisting I call it now, uh-huh. uh, will be also playable on the Xbox One. I don't know if that means that they'll be simul releasing or if you buy it for one, it will just work on the other. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Basically, it's nothing like for the time, for a period of time following the new consoles release, you will not be restricted to the Xbox X, which is good. Is it like there's this kind of the weird transition of backwards compatibility? Considering their their push has been more and more digital sales as opposed to like physical disc sales. I mean, hell, even with the fact that they released a version of the console that is discless, it's all like all digital purchases. I think this is just their way of like making that transition better. Well, so it's not even clear if it's like. The example they keep people keep using is like, well, on PC, this is a thing, and it's not that it. 
it is kind of that, but the difference also being, like, consoles have very specific hardware you build for. So, yeah, it, again, like, I, I'm reading this now trying to figure out if I compare what meant, what's meant by this. It's not clear if it's going to have simultaneous release on both platforms, or if you buy an Xbox One X game. Like, maybe it's digital will work for both, but... I, the, the general comment on this always is like, yeah, you wind up with it being just an old console game on the new one because they're building it for both. Okay. As opposed to building a con, a building game for just one. Yeah. Hmm. Don't know. It's neat they're doing that though. All right. Last but not least, you want? I got three, I guess technically. Do you want Star Citizen news? Do you want serious labor union news? Or do you want? ridiculous NBA blaming us for bullshit news. <laughs> you gotta pick one, Alex. Uh, I'm gonna go with the NBA one. Uh, Alright, we're doing the NBA one? It was, it was. I was looking at our options, and I just felt like I need to get the silliness out of the way here. Alright, so follow me on this one, because we have to set up some stuff before we get to kind of the actual story here. So, um, Stephen Curry is a famous basketball player. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing this name right. Um, Giannis Atencompompo. I I apologize. Yeah, it's obviously wrong. Is uh, that dude's going to hit free agency in 2021? For those who don't follow sports all that much, that means whatever contract he had will be up, and he can kind of he's kind of free to move about, if you will, amongst the sports world. Kind of, it's it's where you make your money. It it becomes a bidding war for your time and your effort and all that jazz. It's a most uh, starting contracts are your, your your sorry your draft contracts are not great, and the goal is to kind of make it through that so you can get to the free agency and fucking make that money at that point, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of rules about what you can and can't do prior to someone going into free agency and all that jazz. So, and I could not make this shit up. Apparently, Stephen Curry and sorry Steph Curry. Why do I keep calling him Stephen? <laughs> Steph Curry and uh, Giannis play PUBG together. And he said, let's do this. Come on over that in context to team stuff or something. And that's a major violation of a lot of the rules surrounding this. And I'm not going to spend a lot more time on this whole aspect of it because the complexities of free agency and all that jazz are the topic of other podcasts we don't do because none of us care that much about sports, but the NBA's swift reaction to this was to say, well, it's video games fault. We're dealing with this. Like I, this is obviously tampering, but it's video games fault. that tampering occurred. Oh yeah. No, it, yeah, sure. Video games is the medium. So it's gotta be what? Oh yeah. Oh, it, <laughs> Hey guys, it's video games. They did it. Yeah. I feel like it's yep. going to become a wonderful scapegoat in this situation. I, and the, the defense of it is that because they were playing PUBG, Steph Curry was just telling him to, you know, do the thing in video games. But we may never know. But I got to read fun articles about how the NBA is like, we blame video games for this. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> I'm glad video games sh- are bad, Alex. <laughs> yeah, let's just pull the trigger on them. Get rid of them. 
We had a good run. It's now a podcast about the book Sense and Sensibility and no other books. Yeah. We'll reread that book every week (laughs) until we die. Yeah. All right. Devil made me do it. Let's do our political one, then we'll do our fun, palate-cleansing, ridiculous one at the end. Um... Uh, some backstory we've definitely talked about more on this podcast in the past. Uh, the topic of unionization in the game industry has been a topic both in industry and for those of us outside of it, kind of commenting on things. Uh, it's definitely it seems to would benefit that would benefit greatly from unionization, the same way that the film and TV industry does, where uh, because of the nature of it, you're moving around from company to company. The whole idea of uh, the gig economy came from somewhere, and it's kind of from my industry and similar industries next to it where it's not actually all that beneficial necessarily to stay with a company long term. The moving about from project to project is beneficial because you get more experience and historically lots of people would kind of work for one place and that'd be that. That's not how the world works anymore and the industries that are kind of more prevalent increasingly so aren't about that either. And The game industry is one of those ones where I don't know if it's like mine but people will look at you weird if you've only had like oh you've only worked for one company huh, why? Like, rather the opposite reaction of, like, oh, you moved around a bunch, why was that? It's the, oh, you've been one place for ten years. What's wrong with you? A situation that confuses Alex, I know. Yeah. (laughs) Regardless, uh, Labor Union CWA, which uh, stands for the um, Communication Workers of America, has announced a new initiative to unionize the game and tech worlds, which is a great thing. It's just an announcement right now. We'll see if it actually goes through, but I the, I actually look forward to following this on yeah. here. I will say I do have a bias in this race only because I have worked the majority of my life in a pro-union environment. Um, I've been a union member for whatever company I've worked for for pretty much most of my career, and so there are a lot of really great benefits to it. There are just because I know it's always comes up and it's always the same fucking argument every time. But yes, there are people who sometimes abuse the union yeah. system. We're not going to get on our high horses and say this is a perfect solution, but um, the CWA's uh, the code initiative, the campaign to organize digital employees, is something that feels very overdue at this point. Mm. So I actually yeah. look forward to seeing this one. This is... This is a little bit, uh, like I said, close to stuff that I appreciate. I'm pretty pro union, so let's 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 see how this one rolls, and I hope yeah. it goes well for them. Yeah, and like for those of you that are gonna like say like, oh, this is something the industry wants. It's been a topic for a long time. It's stuff like um GDC, like it. <sighs> it it's one of those weird ones where like Alex, despite having a kind of the stablest job in some ways does benefit from the unionization stuff. Like it exists in my industry because occasionally doing things like maintaining health insurance, because you're moving around from gig to gig by the very nature of the gig is hard kind of thing. And mm-hmm. gaming industry is not quite that fluid, but it's similar. Like it, it has the, it's one of those ones where it's not trying to be lazy, but it's one of those ones where it's the, some of these standards are and there's no enforcement of better standards because you just get replaced because you're expendable. Like I, I, it's one. It's a dangerous industry because it's one of those ones that people fresh out of college want to work in, 
And that's a great thing. Having something people want to do for a living is awesome. But man, does it make people dumb when it comes to what they are not willing to put up with. Where it's like, I'm doing the thing I love, so it's got to be worth it, right? What if you got to have weekends still? Yeah. That'd be cool, but I don't have that. Yeah. Oh, it's it's kind of like um, a lot of these companies will bank on the fact that they're a popular name to fucking take advantage of people. Yeah. Yes. Blizzard Blizzard is actually notorious for doing shit like that. So yeah. you work for Blizzard, damn it. I do work for Blizzard, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely more on this as it unfolds, obviously, but it's officially kicked off. Ah, uh, but last but not least, this week we have Cyber. Sorry, boss. I say cyberpunk. I'm fucking off my game. Star <laughs> Citizen News. That game out already? No. Fucking a. We talked about this many podcast episodes ago, but uh, Crytek, makers of the Cry Engine and the uh, the original engine of Star Citizen, engaged in a lawsuit against um, Cloud Imperium Games, Sig. And it's Robert Space Industries RSI, the people behind Star Citizen, if you will, that a breach of contract happened. And Crytek has now moved to uh, temporarily dismiss its own lawsuit against uh, Star Citizen. Uh, Why would it do this? Well, right now it looks predatory and shitty, but if um, Squadron 42, the the single-player kind of mode module spinoff of the larger Star Citizen thing comes out and is fucking successful, it makes a lot of sense. If it Mm. comes out and it's fucking garbage, Crytek might not want all of that contract they're claiming got violated and honored. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so to give the history on this one, back in 2017, beef from not just the last decade, but like significantly into the last decade, if you will. Uh, Crisis uh, alleged that uh, Cloud Imperium Games uh, was infringing on copyright for, sorry, breach of contract, claiming both companies signed an exclusive agreement to help Star Citizen using CryEngine, and there's been kind of some back and forth on that. The agreement alleged that also, that agreement allegedly also barred them from using CryEngine to produce standalone non-citizen games, basically, Star Citizen's one thing, Squadron 42, despite being built on all the tech of Star Citizen, is its own thing and requires its own license and all that jazz. From the outside, makes sense. Previously, the trial was going to happen on June 16th, 2020, but they've now kind of, uh, Crytek has filed a motion to dismiss voluntarily without prejudice, as it doesn't seem any point in the case moving forward until Squadron 42 is released. Like, it's Literally, it's, hey, if this doesn't fucking matter, it doesn't fucking matter. We don't want to go through the whole process on this one. Yeah. Hmm. It's kind of a shitty move, given how, like, adamantly angry Crytek was coming out of the gate on this one. So, I'm sure we'll hear more about this, too. This ongoing lawsuit has become as synonymous with Star Citizen as jokes about that game never coming out are. Yeah, that, that that game's never coming out, but they're going to cash in on everybody regardless. I, something will eventually come out. I know you and I disagree on this one, but 
there will at some point be a video game called Star Citizen sitting in some version of something. <laughs> Whether it's good or not, I will not. Ne- I, I will not kind of whatever to at this point in time. But yeah, I, something's gonna happen. Okay. Whether it's good or not, <laughs> who knows? Whether we like it or not, who knows? But yeah, I don't know. I don't own all these fake starships for nothing. God damn it! <laughs> Ooh, bad news for you, Charlie. Whatever you say, guy who was on a Matrix Online podcast. Hey, my Matrix Online is your star citizen, buddy. No, no, mine hasn't been canceled yet. Yours happened and got shut the fuck down. Yours hasn't even come out yet. Yet yeah, somehow means, they're still that means scraping it still you guys could clean. Be good. Oh yeah, it could still be good. It's okay. Hey, hey, Alex, Alex, I can play Star Citizen right now. Can you say that about Matrix Online? I can. There's an emulator running in a legal way. Uh, yes, because the company SOE doesn't exist anymore. They're daybreak and they don't give a shit about that. I'm actually curious. Like, I'm not saying that's wrong, but the legality on that one's kind of a weird one, potentially. Yeah, I'd love to see them come after like hundreds of people for that one. Because that's probably I'm not the max saying they people. would, but like, there's an aspect of it of they could. They probably could. I doubt they'd waste their yeah. time. They're not getting any money out of it. <laughs> So the court ruling is what? They get to kick people in the nuts that they feel better. No money, though? No money, though. It's just some dude going around the country for the company kicking people in the nuts. It's very Jane Silent Bob-esque. Yeah, that's, that's what I go to every <laughs> time, I think, on this one. <laughs> if you have enough time to go through this lawsuit, you have enough time to do petty acts of revenge. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have anything else. <laughs> Uh, we we did get one very angry email this week. Uh, not, not angry at us, but angry just kind of in general from the person that sent it. That we're going to save till next week because I think we'll play better next week when everyone's here. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, if you wanted to send us more emails, Alex, how would you go about doing that? It's very simple. You would go ahead and go to your email uh, client or whatever, post a message, and you would simply put wickedawesomecast at gmail.com to the uh, to section and then fill hey, out your message. Henry, what's that email address? Oh, wait, you're not here. Uh, WickedAwesomeCast.gmail.com As well as it sounds, down the show notes, etc. etc. That does it for this week. Um, anything you want to say before we sign off? Um, well, I will be here next week for our recording, and then the week after that, I will probably not be here as yeah, we'll I will be something out. in the moving process. So yeah. once that's all sorted, we'll go from there. Excuses, excuses. You heard me. Yep. So, but yeah, um, yeah, it's weird. It's a little surreal, but yeah. Also, you can follow me on all my social medias and things. Mave online. I'll live the board. tweet that move. Yeah, no, fuck that. <laughs> I'm gonna be focusing on getting my my game room set up. That I'll fucking <laughs> live tweet. Yeah. So. I need to pack up all my pop figures from work and move them to my game room. Oh, God. How many pop figures do you have? I got a bunch. Are you one of those people? They're, they're my, cult. They're, 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 they take up two shelves on my. Oh, it, God. They're cold, my dead eyes are just staring at you. Yep. Cold, dead eyes. 
<laughs> we saw what you did, Alex. We saw everything because we never blink. <laughs> Let us eat your souls. Not a bad, not a bad way to go. I gotta say, it's a terrible way to go. No, be among the cooler ways to go. That's not even like top a hundred my ways to go. <laughs> Having your soul sucked out by a collection of Funko Pops. Okay, worth it. Is it? Yeah, I called it. I said it. You know, someone with as much hindsight as you um, should know better by now. But also, cue the metal. <laughs>